What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm, uh, hanging out here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What is up, Adam? How are you, man? Uh, doing your NBA sweats like usual? Busy night, man. 12 games in the NBA, baseball, even though it was a lot in the afternoon. But yeah, um, my props were actually done for the night. We're recording later than usual, so... Went three and one on props, but the loss is the one that stings because I had Joe Harris over 14 and a half points. He scored 12 in the first quarter. He finished with 14. I mean, dude, that is a kick in the nuts, bro. Like, come right? on, man. All I needed was one free throw, man. And there was a play late. Uh, like, I, I, I kind of don't like watching the game if I'm sweating a prop. I feel like if I toot away... Then it goes my way, but it was like a minute something left. And I was like, all right, let me turn it on. And there was a play where he was cutting to the basket and a bounce pass was headed his way and it was kicked by a defender out of bounds. I was like, that was the basket I needed. Damn it. And I knew no. after that, I'm like, Kyrie Irving is not giving the ball up because they were losing. I'm like, he's going to take every shot. So, yeah, that loss. But, um, you know, hit on Joe Ingles over 14 and a half points. That's a gift right now because Donovan Mitchell's out. And Ingles is starting, and as a starter, he averages 17.7 points. So uh, that's two times in a row I wrote that up. So we'll see what it is next time out. But uh, they haven't adjusted on that yet, so I'll probably keep hammering that until they adjust. Um, and they like to take a lot of threes, and he hits threes. And then Russell Westbrook, over 24.5 rebounds and assists. I mean, it's a high number, but Westbrook is just absolutely killing us. He's not gone over this total in nine of the last 10 and 13 of 16. Uh, so he's just killing it. And then I had Darius Garland over 25 and a half points and assists. And he's he's actually been crushing this one, too. That's now seven of the last eight he's gone over. So good night there. And then, you know, I have a couple of bets, uh, the best bets I got. Utah minus 11. They are up late. Actually, that game's headed to the fourth. Oh, it's early fourth quarter, and they are up 33. Please, no backdoor covers. <laughs> um, I got the Knicks plus two. They're down seven starting the fourth quarter, so hopefully that defense can step up. And I have, I gave out the Grizzlies plus two earlier in the afternoon, and I even wrote in the write-up that the Clippers might rest players because it was a back-to-back, -back and they had a come-from-behind win last night against Portland on the road. And... You know, they had to exert a lot of energy to come back. And uh turns out they are resting guys. And that line has moved to Memphis minus four. So hopefully if you saw it early enough on wageralarm.com, you uh, had enough confidence to take Memphis plus two. Again, the game hasn't started yet, so they could lose. But, you know, I feel pretty good at the plus two. Uh, Grizzlies have been one of the best teams against the spread this year. And the Clippers, no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Rondo, no Reggie Jackson, no Serge Ibaka. So, uh I, I would think the Grizzlies get it done here. They're 16 and 11 on the road. So we'll see. But yeah, you know, I, I don't remember a 12 game slate in the NBA in a while. So I figured, you know, <laughs> you jumped in head first. You're yeah, like, I'm I mean, all in here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow there's only six games. So like yesterday was a, a five. So I only gave out like, you know, one bet and like a couple player props because I just wasn't feeling that much. But, you know, today seemed like a, a pretty good card. So. <laughs> Well, very nice, man. Damn, very Joe nice. Harris, man. Damn what? it. <laughs> Joe Harris, bro. Like, oh, I don't understand that. How do you get both <laughs> in the first quarter and two the rest of the way, man? Ah. Oh. Oh. Perfect in the NBA, man. Yeah, you can't win them all, dude. I mean, if you if you did, then you'd be Howard Bender. 
Yeah, but I needed a four and all night, man. NBA is just, you know, you don't get many perfect nights in the NBA. You don't get many perfect nights as is. I mean, that's just, uh, that's, but it seems, that's it's, more, it's more common in baseball and in NHL. All right. All right. So you're saying yeah, my, uh, so my, my perfect nights are just dime a dozen. It doesn't matter. No, I didn't say that. It's anytime you go perfect, but it's just in the NBA. It's just, just like that variance right there. Right. Like if I would have told you, oh yeah, you would have. If I said, all right, Joe Harris over 14 and a half points, and you checked and you said, oh, he's got 12 in the first quarter. This is in the bag, right? <laughs> like, oh, cool. Nice job. And then you come back and you find out he finished with 14. You're like, really? How the hell did that happen? <laughs> With no James Harden, no Kevin Durant. Ugh. Nothing is in the bag, baby. Absolutely nothing is in the bag. It ain't over till it's over. And uh, I mean, listen, that 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 totally sucks, man. When they, when they come all out like that in the uh, in the first quarter, and you think you're covering easy, then uh, then yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's just it's a bummer. But you know, again, I've I've looked at bets and I've been like, Whoa, that that thing, that's a, that's a fucking lock. I'm totally putting my money on that. And then the next thing you know, uh, the 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 lock for over six runs was uh, not so much a lock as the game finished two nothing. Yeah. So we've seen it all over the place, no doubt about it. Um, everybody who uh, I bet you Jim Bowden who uh, went opposite me on the uh, on the Reds Diamondbacks. I mean, the game's still going on right now. But I took the D-backs uh, in the second game. Well, I mean, they finished the suspended game, uh, and then I took the D-backs in the uh, with the run line tonight, and it was three nothing in the top of the uh, top of the ninth. Amir Garrett serves up a a three run jack to uh, Josh Van Meter um, to kind of put that in there. That puts me at three. It'll put me at three and zero oh if it if it stays like this. Obviously, you know who the hell knows. You put a runner at second. You know somebody hits a home run. Uh, and then I'm not, oh, I'm on the visiting side. So I, it shouldn't be too bad. Shouldn't be too bad. I'm not going to count my chickens till they hatch though. Oh yeah. That's, that's no doubt about that. It's, you got to make sure it's final. Right. It's like, I love the, the dudes who sit there. You don't, you don't play a lot of online poker. I play a bunch of online poker and there are dudes who are like in a tournament and they're like, you know, it's like, you know, we're just getting to the final table. And the first thing out of, you know, this one dude in particular is always like, hey, anybody know the payouts for this one? It's like, dude, why don't you wait until you're like top three and then maybe worry about what the fucking payouts are? This whole like, you know, people who, uh, you know, spend their money before uh, before they should. It's a little annoying. A little annoying. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. Um, all right. What I want to talk to Adam tonight is about trading and uh, trading in fantasy sports. I was just having a, a back and forth on the old Twitter machine. Um, so I want to get Adam's thoughts on this one here uh, before I have to turn him over to Justin Fensterman for alarm after hours because we are recording a little later than usual. Um, before we get to uh, my questions about trading, let's shout it out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, if you love those props. There you go. Monkey Knife Fight's where you should be playing. Here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even 
you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifefight.com. Play Play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. So Adam, how many? You're you're in like seven leagues right now for fantasy baseball. Uh, with waiver wire, yes. Yeah, no, I'm not. It's not even about waiver wire. What I want to know, I mean, how many leagues? How many of your seven leagues? Um, are you allowed to trade in? That would be. I said, wait, tout, labor, home league. So three. Are you a, are you a trader? Are you a guy who likes to do it? You like to mix it up and 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 change things about here, or are you uh, are you pretty conservative on the trade market? I don't trade too much. Um, I have not made one offer yet this season. Uh, I will send some offers at some point. I've made some trades in tout. I've sent some offers before. My home league, I usually do trade because what happens is it's a keeper league. And towards the middle of the season, teams start to dump. And what happens is the teams that are chasing me make these moves and it forces my hand. Uh, And then, you know, I'll be like, damn, I, I have to trade a prospect or a draft pick. I don't mind moving draft picks. I try to avoid trading my prospects, but I traded Fernando Tatis a couple years ago. We we do a minor league draft, and I drafted Tatis, and the guy was like, I'm not making the trade without Tatis. And I'm like, okay, I know how good he's going to be, but I want to win a championship now. I'm not about two, three years down the road. So I made the trade, um, but on the other side, I drafted Juan Soto in that same draft, I think. Yeah, I think it was Tatis round one, Soto round two. And I held on to him, so now I have him. Um, and I do have Wander Franco right now, so that might be someone that I might have to trade this year. So I'm willing to make trades. I just have not sent many offers out, uh, especially now. Like, because I've, I've said this before on here, like when you make trades, it's time consuming because I'm the type of person that's going to go, all right, what do I need? Okay, I need saves. Let me go to the roster grid. Oh, wow, this team has three closers. Okay. They might be willing to give one up, especially in today's environment, because, you know, two should keep you competitive in the category, assuming job security. All right. What do they need that I have? OK, well, they can use a bat. All right, I got an extra bat here. So, you know what I mean? That's time. You know, I think that's why trades don't work a lot of times, because people just blindly send offers. And I get insulted by that. You know, if you're going to I mean, someone did it in my home league. Uh, I have three closers right now, which is a lot in a 14 team league. Uh, Jake McGee, Hector Neris, Mark Melanson. And a guy sending me a trade, uh, offer me a closer. Like, why? I don't need another closer. Will I take one? Sure. But like, I'm not going to give anything up of significance for a closer. So it tells me you didn't even look at my roster. 
Yeah, oh, listen, man, I, I get the frustrations with, with trading and stuff and, and people who just blindly send offers that clearly haven't looked at your roster. Um, people who just trade for the sake of making trades, that's another thing that really, you know, I got I, I literally got a, a, a email from one dude in, in my league and it was him emailing the entire league. Hey, anybody want to just do a small trade uh, just for the fun of it? Well, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, look and make a trade, but I don't, I'm not going to make a trade just for the fun of it. I mean, you know what? So I got to invest in this phone call and we sit there and we hash it out. We talk about the, uh, the deal and I like this guy and you like that guy and you know, whatever. And, and there's really no purpose for it. There's no, you know, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm trying to upgrade my team. So you know, if you're trying to, you know, just make a deal for the hell of it, and why don't we just trade like, you know, back bench guys or something stupid like that? You know, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. For me, if you're making a trade, you got to trade with purpose, right? You're you're trading because you want to improve your team, all right. And whether that's getting your team more speed or getting your team more more starting pitching or building up your power or whatever the case may be, you're you're doing it because you you need to improve your team. This this conversation on Twitter. So, you know, this guy who's who's been following me for a while, nice dude, um, has gotten into the extremely bad habit of tagging like fifteen analysts, um, and and posting up a poll. Oh, basically, boy. so he posts the poll of you know which, which team wins this trade. And and then he tags like 15 analysts. And, you know, and finally, I mean, after a couple of them, I was just like, listen, because my answer is always the same, you know, the same. I, you know, I'm like, just untag me from these tweets because the answer is always going to be the team who gets, you know, who's who's being helped more in the trade. Like who's improving their team the most? I can't tell you just based on players. I said trade value is relative. All right. A guy who. A guy who has a shit ton of power on his team isn't going to give a shit about trading Joey Gallo away for. He's got know, no home runs, by the way. What's that? Joey Gallo has no home runs, by the way. Right. I, I, I know. I, message. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, like, like that kid brother, right? Just needling me right there. I'm just fucking with you, man. Uh, <laughs> well, that's baseball, Susan. Um. Anyway, so my my but my feeling about it is, is like you know, listen, if if you've got this kind of you know mentality that you're gonna like win a trade or something like that, no, to me the answer is always whoever it's it's gonna improve their squad the most. And so with with value being relative, yes, I'll go back to this point. Just bear with me, please. But if you have a ton of power on your roster, let's say for example, you've got a ton of power on your roster. And and you have no speed whatsoever, and you have no saves whatsoever, right? So or whatever the case may be, you you've got a deficiency there. You've got an abundance of power, and and you've got a shit ton of guys at like the corner infield. Let's say you know I've got in in a bunch of leagues, I've got uh you know Matt Olson and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and C.J. Crone and Shohei Otani. Um, so it's like, all of a sudden it's like my, you know, my, my corner infield and my first base are occupied by, you know, power bats and, you know, and, and 
my utility is jammed up. So it's like, okay, I need to make a move and get myself more flexible. Um, if I'm going to trade a guy, I'm going to trade a power guy. He's not going to be like as valuable to me uh, as he is to somebody who has no power whatsoever. So, I mean, you know, to sit there and like just map out, you know, who, who does this, you know, who wins this trade and you're just giving me three names and you're not giving me any context whatsoever. I can't make that determination. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know. All right. So all I'm asking for is, you know, is this, you know, just give me some context with it. Uh, and so I said, untag me from, you know, these, these polls. Well, you know, of course, you know, some of the other people who are on there, you know, they like jump on, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nobody wins a trade, blah, 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 this and that. And they're just kind of, you know, fluffing what I'm saying there. And then there's like the, the, the one dude who's like, oh, I, I, I think you can, you know, win a trade and, and this and that. And he starts, you know, making the point. And I'm just like, wow, well, now I just want to fucking kill myself for like getting into this debate. But I wanted to to talk to you about this, like just kind of get your take on on, you know, just trading in general, improving your team. Can somebody win a trade? Yes, of course, somebody can win a trade. But obviously, if you're if you're trying, you know, if you're looking to make a deal and you're looking to make a nice quick deal. Well, then you've got to make it beneficial for the person you're trading with as well. You can't worry about, you know, the fact that you're helping them with stolen bases. Because you're getting the power that you need, like that kind of a philosophy with it. And, uh, and you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I guess maybe it was just the whole Twitter back and forth and the one dude who's like, you know, doesn't understand the value, you know, that, that trade value is relative. Like, you know, not getting that point uh, was just a little on the frustrating side. Well, I think people miss this all the time. I've talked about this for years. You can actually make a trade and lose it. In the eyes of everyone else, but it helps your team improve. And it's all about improving your team. It's not about winning a trade. I hate when people say who wins this trade because it's not about winning a trade. It's about improving. So I think early in, in the season now in April, I, I can't give you a good example of it because we're too early in the season. But let's go to August, right? So it's August, okay? And you look and you're like, damn, man, I'm first in home runs by 17, man. Like my power is good. Or on RBIs, you're all good because you're loaded up. But you're you have four points in steals, but you can move up, you know, three, four, five points if you get someone. So you say, all right, I got to get a stolen base guy. So you say, you know what? I'm going to trade uh, Matt Olson for Garrett Hampson. If you put that vote on Twitter and said, who wins this trade? It's going to be 94 percent in Matt Olson. Yeah. Right. But for your team, Garrett Hampson's more integral, assuming he continues to play in steals basically. He's got five now. Right. So that trade will put you in a direction to win the league. But everyone else is going to say, oh, my God, that is so bad. How can you do that? It's not about that. So that's a case where you might people might say, oh, you lost the trade, but it helped your team. So that's why it's a stupid who wins the trade because everyone's going to say, oh, you lost. What if you win the league because you acquired Garrett Hampson and pick up four to five points in the roto standings? So that's the perfect example to give someone. It could be a closer. Maybe I'll say, oh, I'm going to trade Matt Olson for Liam Hendricks. Most people are like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, He's a power hitter. He could, you know, he could lead the league in home runs, you know, obviously depending late in the year. But that's a perfect example of how that can win you the league. 
And yeah, you know, I mean, it was very, a very similar example thrown around there. Freddie Freeman for Ramon Laureano, right? If Ramon Laureano continues to steal bases, he's going to be, you know, extremely valuable, especially you know, because he does have power. If you were to go 2030 uh, versus Freddie Freeman, who's, you know, going to hit 35 home runs with a close to 300 average, you know, and Laureano hits, you know, 270. Um, you know, people will be like Freddie Freeman. Oh, you know, of course he's, you know, it's Freddie Freeman. Um, but you know, you're not taking into the uh, consideration the value with Laureano. And that was kind of, you know, the, one of the examples that was used. I, I'm glad you, 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 you're, you know, on the same side as this. It's just, I just find it extremely frustrating. And, you know, one of the, one of the problems that I do also have, and this is, I guess, Maybe this is just maybe I just fucking hate Twitter too much. Like fantasy Twitter is just, you know, you gotta, you know, the 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 people who are like absolutely thirsty for followers. You know, oh, I only need 82 more followers before I get 500. Right? Listen, I get it. You're like trying to start out and you're trying to make a name for yourself. That's great. That's you know, do that. But doing it in such a way that you're so thirsty for followers that you'll like, you know, turn around and engage in like some sort of stupid banter, you know, just well, to like the thing you know, is they make might a actually point. they might actually believe it and they're just not sharp. So I don't it's tough to tell. Some people might just be doing that to incite debate. Some people might not because I think a lot of people don't understand that. They just think, oh, who wins the trade? Because that is a common question. So I don't think people understand how to look at it as how it helps your team. Now, it might be different in a head-to-head or points league, but I guess in the head-to-head league, it could be the same thing. You you might go, you might have drafted your team, not punting any category, and the season goes on, and you realize, damn, you know what? Uh, maybe I should punt a category now. Uh, but, you know, I only have one closer, and I'm losing saves every week. Let me just get rid of that guy. Um, but I think in Roto, it's more applicable, but... I just think people don't understand because I get that question all the time. Who wins this trade? And I tell them, it's like, it's not about winning the trade. Does this help your team? Does it improve? That's the goal is to improve your team. And it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. As I said, you can, you can lose a trade in the eyes of others, but it helps your team. And, you know, again, a power bat for a closer power bat for steals. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe a, a, a bat for a pitcher. You know, maybe, uh, you know, so there's so many ways you can look at it and be like, man, I hate that deal. And then you you say, well, this is why I'm doing it. And you see the standings You're like, oh, that makes sense. You know what? I do like it for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, again, you you look at it that way where, you know, like pitcher for a hitter. Listen, if if moving up in strikeouts and and ERA are going to help you more then, you know, this hitter is going to help you. And that's really, you know, and, and you're right. It's probably more prevalent in Roto. But you know what? Even if you're playing head-to-head categories, you know, the only time where you can legit say, you know, who wins this trade sort of a thing is if maybe if it's like a head-to-head points league. Right. Depending on the scoring. But if the scoring is like pretty even, I mean, pitcher, most points leagues, the pitching usually. Pitcher, yeah, pitching yeah. is more valuable. But you can still see that, you know, you can be like, yeah, you know, Jacob DeGrom versus Mookie Betts kind of a thing. You know, I'd rather have DeGrom because you know, look at, you know, you, you can look at the point projections and you can look at last year's scoring to see that and to understand the value. But, you know, like, you know, if, you, if you're sitting there in a, in a points league, 
you know, a head-to-head points league as opposed to worrying about specific categories, it's a little easier to maneuver. My, you know, again, my one of my things also is that, you know, when you're sitting there and somebody's like, oh, my God, I'm psyched. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to get this player and he's going to be so good and he's he's great. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, if you're downgrading over here, who's left? And if you're upgrading over here, how much of an upgrade is it really for you? You know, and I think one of the one of the questions that somebody asked me, I turned around. And I was like, you know, yeah, you're getting the best player in the deal here, but. If you look at your roster, you know, you don't need another corner infield bat. Like you need middle infield help. You're 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 trading away. I couldn't remember. I can't remember who it was. It was um oh, maybe it was like Trevor Story or something like that. Yes, I know he's not playing well right now either. But well, I, I don't think worry it was, about guys like that. There's so many guys that are not playing right. well that I'm not worried about. So, yeah, it was like it was so it was something like that. You're trading Trevor story. And he was getting back like a like a big bat uh, at the corner. And I'm like, but you're already set. You have a great first baseman. Uh, you have a great corner infielder here. Um, I mean, are you talking about, you know, doing this? so You can start him in your utility spot the whole time. You can't because you've got Jordan Alvarez, who's going to be sitting. You know, he's he's on your bench right now because he's on the IL. But, well, he just got activated. But either way, you know, it's like, you know, where are you going to put him? It's like that dilemma that I'm in in one league where I've got Otani and I've got an extra first baseman where I'm just like, I got CJ Crone. I'm like, I got to try and trade CJ Crone as soon as he heats up because it, it like wastes my time sitting there on the uh, on the bench like that. So, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it's really, you know, people have to understand that really. And when, when it comes down to trading, do it, have a purpose, make sure it improves your team, make sure it's players that you need positions, you need categories, you need not just trade for the sake of making trades or trading for a guy, you know, based on like name value alone, where you're like giving up a bunch for him and you don't realize just how, you know, how, how much damage you're doing to your team. I guess that's what, you know, you know, I'm just trying to, just trying to help out like that. Do you do you think that you traded more before you started getting into high stakes NFBC leagues? Um, probably, probably. Maybe I've gotten used to no trades, but um, I mean, I I do send offers in tout. I don't remember if I made a deal last year. Um, I did not make any deals in labor. My home league, I usually do make deals, but my hand is usually forced. You know, when I see right, when I see the teams chasing me all making trades to improve, it's like, okay, now I, I've got to do something here because everyone else is getting big pieces. So now I got to go to a team and you know see what I can get. So, dude, I uh, hate that about about keeper leagues where there's money at stake because it really, for in in a lot of cases, it comes down to who can pull off the most egregious dump deal at the trade deadline rather than, you know, you've been busting your fucking balls the entire season, you know, making your, you know, building your team up and maneuvering and stuff like that. And then somebody like right behind you just makes this just ridiculously egregious four for one deal where you're just like, ah, I mean, how do I compete with that? Like that drives me nuts with keeper leagues, especially when there's money involved. Yeah, and you have to know that going in. So if you yeah. don't like it, then just don't play in it. Um, 
because you are going to see some deals like, oh my goodness, for real, like how is that even happening? But you have to look at it from the other team's perspective. It's like, hey, I'm out of it. I've got nothing to play for. I want cheap keepers for next year. I want draft picks. So um, trust me, I've been that team who's been in first and the second, third, and fourth place team all making deals. And I'm like, oh man, are you kidding me? And nobody will trade with you because you're in first already. You're just like, give me a fucking break. Uh, yeah, I guess. And I think people want to see me lose my league, but I think at a certain point they have to realize, again, this is helping my team. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm getting a cheap keeper. I'm getting a draft pick. Um, it makes sense to do this deal. I think at some point you just have to say, is this going to help my team get better for next year? And if it is, you just make the deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's kind of funny. And also I'm sitting there like I I don't like being in leagues where you can't trade. I really don't because, you know, I'll sit there, I'll look at, at my teams and, you know, yeah. I mean, you draft, you, you, you know, there, there are times where you draft differently because you know, there's no trading involved, but like, you know, I'm sitting there in like TGFBI right now. I'm like, man, you know, like when injuries just, you know, kind of throw you one way and all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, now I'm like super heavy in the infield and I'm super weak in the outfield. And, you know, you see other teams that just match up beautifully with you, you know, and to to not be able to do it, it just, uh, that frustrates me. Like, I feel like I could, you know, dramatically improve my team with a good deal, with a solid deal. And, you know, and, and I'm like sitting here with my hands tied. Yeah, no, I get that. It's, it, it can be frustrating. I guess I've just become accustomed to not trading in some of my leagues. That, But it does suck because, yeah, if you have a surplus, and especially in those leagues, usually the waiver wire is thin, and it's like, damn, man, you know, I kind of wish I could make a deal here. I have this surplus, and I can't. Um, but it just, you know, makes it more strategical as well, though. It's more of a challenge as well. You know, this is not supposed to be an easy game. It's supposed to be a challenge. Um, and it is a challenge right now with all these fucking injuries. Oh, dude, it's just and it, and it keeps getting worse and worse too. I know, it's like I know, brutal. What was I was talking with with Bowden today on the show, and I was just like, all right, well, let's see. Donovan Solano was removed from the game today. Uh, Denelson Lamette likely to end up with Tommy Johnson. Well, that one is not surprising. Like, as, no, I mean, listen, they activated him off the IL, and boom, now he's got right forearm tightness. But it still sucks. Anthony it does Sanders. suck. But look, that is one that you cannot like ask for sympathy for. I mean, he was falling to the ninth, tenth, eleventh round for a reason. We all knew he was a major risk. You can say, yes. well, I'll take him in the tenth round of a fifteen-team league because if he is healthy. But the signs were there, man. Who's looking for fucking sympathy? No, really? no, no, I'm just saying for anyone sympathy? who's crying, for anyone who cries injuries and says they have Denelson Lamette, like that one. I'm like, no, like the warning signs there i completely stayed away from him and if i was wrong okay cool good for you you know i love i had lament on several teams last year i'm a big fan but when he couldn't pitch last year and had the pain yeah i know oh well, he's throwing 94 95 okay cool is he going to be able to get through five innings is he going to be able to get through the season and we're already you know dealing with stuff so i don't i didn't i didn't draft him anywhere did you draft him anywhere nope nope yeah, I me neither stayed away yeah, I mean, I'm not looking for injury. You know what? If you, if you want sympathy for an injury, you can talk about fucking Juan Soto right now. Yeah. So, strain in the rotator cuff, not not ideal. 
how Dave Martinez was sitting there trying to trying, you know, just giving you the the rote answer of, well, we're you know, we're gonna wait and see and see what happens and blah blah blah. And um and then I found out from uh from Bowden that Mike Rizzo and he were texting earlier and Rizzo's like, I hope it's not serious. Right? Like you just had the MRI, you just found out exactly what it was. Um if you if it's not serious, you wouldn't say, I hope it's not serious. You'd be like, ah, he should be okay. It doesn't sound too bad. And, you know, some time off will be good. This was, I hope it's not serious. Yeah, I hope so too, man. Shit, I can't, I'm in trouble if he's, if it's serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Everybody's in trouble. I mean, you know, listen, dropping a, dropping a top four pick. Uh, never good, never, never good. Um, you know, but I mean, listen, you know, Acuna out still, they keep saying, you know, they're like, well, he's not on the IL, but you know, we'll just, every time I see that thing, oh, Ronald Acuna is not in the lineup. It's going to be the same shit that happened with Christian Yelich. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing with Acuna is they're off tomorrow then they play Friday. So he might wind up technically only missing two games if he's good to come back Friday, but he could show up to the ballpark Friday and be like, it's not better. And they go, you know what? Let's just retroactive this and put you on the injured list. Let's not mess around. You're a key guy and we can't mess around. Yeah. Well, won't that be great? Um, again, I'd rather as someone who does, I don't have a Cunha, but I'd rather, I do, but I'd rather that happen. We talked about it yesterday than him going out there Friday and then diving head first into second base and then comes up and this and is bothered by it again because in that same game he dove back headfirst in the first base clearly was in pain and then on the same play came diving headfirst in home plate so it's like come on man really but like i said instinct takes over so sometimes you just need to say all right you know what just sit out and retroactive it, it yeah. you know if if he time off might help and he might not be that bad so it sucks though, but you know what? Everybody is losing players, man. Well, almost everyone. There are probably some lucky teams out there that somehow came out unscathed. But <laughs> yes, Julius. Hey, your, your pops are propping. Your props are popping. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I shouldn't even. I don't want to. No, nah, because uh, I did well. I added some plays in the late game. Uh, that are off to good starts, but I've already experienced Joe Harris tonight, so I don't want to jinx it. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting here tracking this Diamondbacks game, so it went into extra innings, right? It's eight to three Holy Arizona. Shit. Right yeah, now. wow. I just looked over. Let me yeah. see. Did, the uh, uh, the the bullpen was just atrocious. Um, there was there was an error involved. I mean, it's just it is. It is completely unraveled for Cincinnati here in the in the tenth inning. Wow! So, yeah. Oh my God! Did you see the ending to the Twins A's game today? Uh, I did see the ending to the A's. Holy Twins shit! Game you today. talk about a unraveling and a meltdown. That was absolutely brutal. Yep. See, that and was... that's the thing. That's why, like, just looking at a box score does not tell you the story, man. And I know people can't watch every game, and that's why you guys listen to us because you know that's our job, even though we can't watch every game either. But like, you know, if you just look, you're like, oh my God, Alex Colomay sucks, man. Gave up four runs, even though one, er that game should have been over. Two errors. And the crazy part is they they put um, Blankenhorn at second because he was a pinch runner. Take out Donaldson, move Lewis Arise 
to third base. They each made a fucking error. Yeah. That blew the game. <laughs> yep. That was terrible. That Not was that terrible. Kyle been good this year, but man, he threw 49 pitches today. 49. I mean, look, someone dropped Taylor Rogers in my home league like a week ago. I picked him up. Uh, he's been good. Hasn't a lot of runs. So maybe they start to give him some more time. But uh, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. Watch these waiver wires. Teams are dropping these like setup guys now. Like, oh, he's not the closer. And you can't have everyone. That's the thing. But, you know, Taylor Rogers drop. I'd pick him up. Jake Diekman, all these guys, man. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Damn man. it. Hawks hit a three with Bogdanovic. Oh, of course. Yeah. Last night, I fucking put you in the player props. You don't hit shit. <laughs> let me see. Did he go? Let me see what his is tonight. Uh, well, he probably got a boost. Oh, no. He's not having a big night either. He's got oh, 17 points and three threes because I gave out over three and a half threes for him last night because he's been just phenomenal. You know, it took him some time coming back from injury. He's been great. And then last night, he didn't do it. Oh, all right, come on, Knicks, win it here. Because I got them plus them two. Plus two, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I took a parlay and I put them in it. I had like a free bet on DraftKings for my birthday. So I'm like, ah, it's house money. I'll do a parlay. So I had the Jazz money line. They won. Knicks plus two, Grizzlies plus two. And I think the Portland money line? Or is it Portland getting points? I forgot. I have something like that. Oh, Michael Porter, 13 points in the first quarter. I just, uh, before our podcast, put money on this over 21 and a half. (laughs) Been writing that up a lot, but he didn't hit it the other night. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'll bet. Well, like I said, I couldn't buy. I didn't want to put in eight props. Put in eight props, you go one and seven. You don't want to show up the next day. (laughs) But you do, because it's, you understand, hey. It's a new day, fresh slate. But yeah, you know, you can't go crazy. I mean, you you do baseball and the slate is way bigger than NBA every day. And you give out three props, right? It's like, do you always give out three? I've noticed it's only three. I mean, is there going to be a day where you go four or five? If you feel um, so, you just stick three. I, you know, I mean, listen, I, I might. I mean, if I if I really, you know, if I if, if it's easy hunting early, you know, I mean, I go through them all. And, you know, obviously there's also, you know, my schedule and stuff like that. But. You know, like to me, you know, I, I, I give out, I bet what I give out and I'm not, I just, I'm not that guy who wants to sit there and throw down like a dozen prop bets, you know, or even, you know, five or six of them. I, cause I just think that that's, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, unless it's like, unless the slate is really speaking oh, to you. damn it. <laughs> Overtime. Jeez. In any event, I think three is a perfectly like you know. I mean, I'm because I'm giving out six bets for the day. Right, right, right. Because three, best. three best, you know, three game bets and three props. What if you want to do two and four or one and five on a given day? Uh, I guess I guess in baseball it's a little bit different because most times you have ten to fifteen games. The NBA, it's just like you know, especially now with guys resting and I don't know who's going to play when I'm writing it. Like, if it's a five-game slate, sometimes I'm like, I really only like one bet, or I just only like player props. So I guess it's a little bit different. You know, tonight was a 12-game slate, so like I'm the same way. So I gave out four player props. I bet all of them. And since I went three and one, I'm like, all right, uh, three games left at 10 p.m., and I threw two more bets down. Of props that I props that I was thinking about earlier, but just said, all right, I, I can't flood the, uh, you know, I don't want to give out six. Um 
So, and I think some people might do that too. They might on a given night put in a few bets and be like, oh, okay. Oh, well, I did well. You know what? All right. Let me take a shot in the late game. Or you might say, all right, I made a, I had a profitable night. I'm just going to close up shop. Because <laughs> Justin does that to me when we're live. He's like, oh, the live line is this. Are you going to touch it? I'm like, nah, bro. I went four and one tonight. I'm not touching the live line. I haven't watched the whole game. I don't know the flow. Now nah, I'm done. Yeah, dude, I was, you know what? It's so funny because I was talking to uh, to Ani Sreeder. Uh, oh, he's over- he, he probably just keeps betting no matter what. He does. He's he like, does. oh, there's a game on? I'm betting. Yeah. Oh, well, here, what was the uh, what was the, the thing that we and I were talking about? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember where it was. I'm, I'm like scrolling through the conversation, but he was like, yeah, it was like a, like a prop hit like immediately for him. Right. It was like a total basis prop of the guy Homer. And so he was like, yep. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, and the money's already in my account. I was like, of course it is. Because they Wait, know really? that you're going to use site? it. Give it back again. What site does that? Because DK, FanDuel, and BetMGM don't do that. They wait till the game's over. Even if you hit it. He's a degenerate enough that he's gotten offshore, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, because that don't happen in on those sites. You got to wait till the game's over. I'm like. I mean, for a player prop, they probably should. Like, what's going to change? Well, I don't know. What's, they're going to take away. I guess in the NBA, they could take away an assist or rebound. It's possible. They can't take away a basket. But they could, you know, that does kind of happen. But so I guess that's probably why they want to make the stat sheet official, I guess. But, I mean, baseball, they can't take away a home run. I guess well, a hit they could change to an maybe, error. Maybe it, was, maybe it was an early game that finished and was over already. Yeah. And he's starting to bet the night slate. <laughs> yeah, could be. So, yeah. <laughs> he's my little degenerate. I love him dearly. <laughs> yeah, I'll get an occasional text from him. So, who do you like tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, listen, I, I, I deal with that also. It was just, I throw him down to him. You know, I put him on the show sheet for him. I'm like, here you go. I think this is what I like today. Off of uh, I posted this on Wager Alarm. So yeah, you see, it's like a little perk for being our producer, right? You got that instant access. Enjoy. Um, all right. Well, I just wanted to get that trading talk out of my uh, out of my system and 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 off and running. I gotta get some food in me. My wife's out of town now, so now I'm gonna have to like, I don't know, man. I'm gonna just order a pizza or something like that. I'm not cooking shit for myself. <laughs> no way. No way. Unless she left me something. I'll have to go and look in the fridge first. See if she left me something out of the goodness of her heart. Uh, I want to give a shout out, by the way, to uh, to my boy Skinny McKinney. Sent me a shirt today. Did you see that tweet I posted out there? I got a t-shirt in the mail today that I didn't order. And there was no note and there was no receipt or anything like that. Uh Pull it out, and it's the uh, the Carolina Disco Turkeys. And I was like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool, you know? And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at this logo. I'm like laughing. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, their their turkey is a um, – is it's actually – it's a peacock. You look at the logo, and it's like it's a peacock in, like, the white disco suit that John Travolta wears in Staying Alive, Saturday Night Fever. And, uh, and he's holding the bat. And I'm like, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm asking, you know, who got it for me, blah, blah, blah. Nobody said anything. Finally, I talked to my buddy Skinny. And uh, and he tells me that uh, 
I was like, Lav, he was like, he's like, I said, did you send me this shirt? Because he's like the only guy I know living down in Carolina. Well, Justin Vreeland from uh, Fantasy Alarm, but he's not sending me a shirt like out of the random blue. So, you know, whatever. So I'm like, you know, he was like with a with a really kick ass logo on it. I was like, yeah, you know, the, the one where it's a peacock pretending to be a turkey wearing a disco suit. He's like, yeah, well, you got to think about it from our perspective down here. Where uh, peacocks, uh, when somebody sees a peacock, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, one of them disco turkeys. I didn't know that. I did not know that it was called a disco turkey as well. And uh, and so it becomes actually even funnier for me. Like, I was like, okay. Like, it makes total sense. That's why there's uh, the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which Southerners call raccoons. No. Oh. Okay. See, we're educating here. We're educating here. So I want to give a shout out to Skinny for sending me that t-shirt. Fucking love it. Fucking love it. (laughs) That's going to do it for us here tonight on Anti Up. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. Like and subscribe. And Adam, go crush the uh, Knicks game there at the end. I'm going to go crush some food. Thanks so much, everybody. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.